What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Beanball Podcast, episode 85. We are your host, Alan and Alan. What's going on, everyone? What's up? What's up, man? Besides the stickiness of heat. Yeah, man, it's really hot out here. I think it, uh, when I got my car during lunch, it said it was 103. I was like, this is wild. I was like, you know, maybe it's got to cool down some, but then it ended up capping at like 100 still. Yeah. So it was a hot day. It was a very hot day. Um, yesterday, was yes- yeah, yesterday was nice. I cut the grass and everything. I had a nice breeze. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, today, no, it was today nice wasn't. yesterday, God. but today was a scorcher. Yeah. Um, and we're filling it here in the garage. Um, the hot box. <laughs> Uh, well, anyways, let's get right into it. Yeah. One of the crazy things happened this week, if you haven't heard, uh, Vin Scully has passed away. Yeah, like literally hours after we finished the podcast, I was starting to partially edit the podcast, and as like news broke, I'm like, oh, such a voice, such a character. Like, when you <laughs> have called almost a not even just one percent but more than one percent of all mlb games ever i think yeah i think it's it was like four percent four percent i was like that just if one percent would have been astonishing. well think about it man the dude he was calling games for the, the brooklyn dodgers yes. and the la dodgers so of course he was the main broadcaster from 1950 when they played in brooklyn till his retirement in 2016 at the age of 88 he is associated with the dodgers for the longest in broadcast history of sports he called games for both Jackie Robinson and Corey Seager. Dang. That is insane. Of course, Dodgers announced on Twitter late Tuesday evening. Of course, uh, Eastern, Bows, Western. It was kind of still late, early in the evening. Dodgers president said, we have lost an icon in a statement. Vince Scully was one of the greatest voices of sports. He was a giant man, not only a broadcaster, but as a humanitarian. He loved people. He loved life. He loved baseball. And he loved the Dodgers. And he loved his family. His voice will always been heard and etched all those minds forever. I know he's looking forward to joining the love of his life, Sandy. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the family during this very difficult time. So aside from, you know, calling Dodger games, Solly was on the mic for 25 World Series, 20 no-hitters, 12 All-Star games, and three perfect games. Yeah, man. It, it, it kind of goes with the territory when, you, when you're when you broadcasting yeah. for a 67-year career. And then even um, football from 75 to 82, including Dwight Clark's infamous catch of the 1981 championship game, as well as professional tennis and even PGA Tour. <laughs> Talk about a career. Yeah, so, uh, you know, one of, like, like you said, he, he's called the games for a lot of greats and a lot of people that you don't even think of. Like, he, he called the game for Sandy Koufax's perfect game. Yep. And, um out of the 23 perfect games in history, he's called thir- – he was on it for Three. 13% of those. Yeah. 13%. Three. It's insane. And, of course, other notable games, of course, that perfect game in 85, but he called the game when Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's home run record in 74. Bill Buckner's error in game six of the 86 World Series, and also Kurt Gibson's walk-off home run in game one of the 88 Fall Classic. <laughs> Legend. The voice is always going to be there, especially these moments, but – Truly an icon when it comes to broadcasting in any sport. But, of course, baseball, big. Rest in peace there, Vince. I hope you're watching baseball from heaven. Hope you're calling in games in the sky. All right. So, of course, big topic last week was trade deadline was Juan Soto. It's come out that Juan Soto said it was definitely the last few weeks very uncomfortable in D.C. We knew this had to be coming out sooner or later. Right. Well, you know, I felt like we knew it was going to be uncomfortable around the All-Star time when – he basically didn't sign that big contract. Yeah, when it got leaked. Right. He didn't sign it, and he knew 
they must have known that it wasn't going to – at that point, you yeah. know you're not getting a deal done. Yeah. Um, so he called his final weeks very uncomfortable after the news of the $440 million contract extension was leaked to the media. Well, yeah. We try to keep it private as we can. The number came out, and it was really tough. It was uncomfortable. I was trying to get things privately, keep talking, all kinds of stuff, but then just throw that number out there. It feels very uncomfortable. It just shocked me, and it feels really painful. At the end of the day, it is what it is. I was feeling great with the team. I was feeling pretty good. I was just trying my best. They let me know about it early in the year that it was business and they would love to get me, but this and that. Right. Well, like I said, you know, once he had to fly commercial to the All-Star game after that, you knew it was like, okay, well, now you're leaving a bad taste in his mouth. So yeah. you, you know he's getting traded. We knew yeah. he was getting traded. Just to, it just depended on what he was going to get back. Yeah, and of course, you know, uh, Nationals general manager Mike Gerzo called the decision. The trade was brutal and said it. Said for him emotional to get him to give in the relationship he developed with him and his family over the years. Of course, Soto's younger brother, Elon, is set to sign with the Nationals once he becomes eligible in January. I mean, there were rumblings that he was going to sign with the Mets at one time, so who knows what's going to happen. That's hey, why I'm wondering what now, like, does that change? Exactly, especially since his brother has a bad taste in his mouth. He's like, look, man, don't sign with him. I'm sure he has some pull, and I'm sure his brother's good enough to sign somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Um, so I definitely would see if any rumblings of the trade and everything happens, if it persuades them to and, go elsewhere. And another thing was, is that, like, you know, they did say it was business, but I guarantee you the Nationals were so upset. They were trying to get the world for Soto because they were just mad about the situation. Um, like I said, I heard that they were trying to uh, trade with the Dodgers and they were looking for six or seven prospects. I'm like, you guys are you guys are nuts. I mean, yes, they got they got a deal done. But at the same time, like, like you said, they're really mad about it, which obviously leaked down to him. Yeah, because I think they'd come up when the number wasn't reached that either you wait it out and hope someone buys a team and convince the guy to stay, mm -hmm. or you get a haul of prospects to show that the rebuild is going to be faster and to whoever's buying the team make it a little easier. But also, done, we don't know, with the look back years from now, if this trade was good, bad, uh, just like just enough, it was like perfect, it worked out for both. Didn't work out for one side. Didn't work out for either side. We don't know. It could be shot in the dark. Padre size, it's a lot of question marks. It makes sense the next couple of years. But long term, you got to think about it money-wise because you already got big contracts between uh, Machado, Tatis, and now you extended Joe Musgrove. How are you going to afford Juan Soto money and all this? You're talking luxury tax. You're talking about Steve Cohen money. I don't think that owner has it. We don't know. But... Next two and a half years, Soto's in, in a Padre uniform, but so far not so good in that uniform. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's getting used to. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine. Look, he's not one of those guys that I think is going to be a big bust, but no. you never know. I mean, it just brings me back to when Stanton was traded for, or he was like, that was one of the biggest contracts we remember. I remember it was. In a it short was the first big like, one. Three hundred million over ten years—that yeah. was bl mind blowing. Yeah, um, he hasn't lived up to it yet. I mean, yes, he's having a it's, great year this year, but it took a couple years. Right, to get healthy. I don't think it's going to take a couple years for no. Soto. I feel like he's—it's going to take. Uh, he'll be—he'll be fine soon. I'm not—I'm not even sweating. Yeah, that. I think all of the team um, just got beat up this weekend by the Dodgers, and that's what I'm saying. The Dodgers are that team. Yeah, they're that, and we know they're that team. We talk when you talk about the Dodgers. There's no point even talking about them because they are the team to beat. And it's—it's it's not like they're doing it from both sides of the ball and. Padres is the one thing I thought about is like you're pitching. Can they keep up? And they didn't do it this weekend. And that's the mistake. Think about it. They have a team built to hit. 
the Yankees, they tried that the last couple of years, and we saw that's not it. This year, somehow, they're, they're pulling it together, but I'm saying you can't just rely on the no. long ball. Um, you, you have to have pitching when it comes down to it. Yeah, so we'll see if Slamino gets together. They'll work it out, get ready for, the, for that postseason push. But right. I'm almost certain right now they're not going to catch the Dodgers, so we'll get into that a little bit. But uh, it's Field of Dreams week. Yes. If you guys don't know, um, I don't know when this is going to air, but the Field of Dreams game is this Thursday. Yeah, so most likely this will air if you're listening to it on hopefully Wednesday. But, yeah, Thursday night at 7.15 on Fox – We'll get round two of the Field of Dreams game. But this year, unfortunately, it's not two good teams. But, okay, yes, Alan's yes. right. It's not two good teams, but we're getting the Cubbies, Chicago, and the Reds. Yes. But what's cool about that is that, um, you know, they're both like old school teams. So yeah. we get a little old school feel. So I, I just want to know if they're coming out of the cornfield again. Yeah, they, to what our knowledge, <laughs> they're, they're going to bust in. Is Kevin Costner going to be there? I don't know. That was a big thing in the first game last year. We'll see what they who they bring out this year. I mean, it was pretty exciting when he hyped it up and was talking, yeah. and then they just came through. I, it was one of the best intros in baseball, in my yeah. opinion, ever. It's going to be hard to do that every year. I agree. Agreed. No, like, I agree. First one's special. This one, we'll see if they bring some something out. But, yeah, here's everything you know about the second so far. So, like last year, there was a lottery exclusion for Iowa to get the games. Um Coming available in June. As of Monday afternoon, the cheapest ticket for resale was $692 for the game. The stadium only holds 8,000 fans. Is it still just available to a few Iowa, select? Iowa, yes. Oh, just you have to be an Iowa resident? Yes. yes. Wow. And if you win the lottery, you buy the ticket, and that's how you resell. Oh, you got to get a lottery, too, yeah, to get the ticket? Yeah, it's a lottery, yeah. 600 seems cheap, man. Well, think about it. It's only 8,000 seats. I know, but what I'm saying, game. if it's if it's only Iowa residents... There's only a few select, and you got to win a lottery. Yep. I think a 600 is cheap. So yeah, so just shy of 700 was the cheapest game as a Monday, cheapest ticket as Monday. Uh, Cubs and Red players will get police escort to the stadium once they get there. Just like the movie, they'll walk out the cornfield and a 16 foot removable fence in right field. Yeah, I mean, just think about it. You got a baseball field surrounded by 159 acres of corn. They got a corn maze there. If they still yeah. got it, yeah. yeah. Um, Dude, I don't care who, what team's playing. It's going to be good. Yeah, um, <laughs> just, Reds first baseman and, of course, six-time All-Star Joey Votto will be mic'd up for the nice. game. And Cubs All-Star outfielder Ian Harp will be mic'd up as well. Of course, they'll appear with Fox broadcast throughout the game, have a conversation with Joe Davis and John Smolt calling the game. Uh, of course, both teams revealed their jerseys on Monday. The Cubs will wear their, their touched-up version of the late 20s home uniforms with the Navy caps as they wore in 1914. Meanwhile, the Reds will wear the striped uniform that the team wore back in 1919. Yeah, man. Um, it's going to be exciting. I, I mean, I think just the experience alone is, is pretty cool. Yeah, I, that's like a bucket list. You have to go to that game. I think like any diehard baseball, like you're going to – like World Series, of course, is always one, all-star. But I think if this is going to be every year – you're going to like, I want to go to a Field of game at least once. Yeah, absolutely. Like, who doesn't want to go there? Yeah. I'm, I want to watch the I want to watch the movie before the game starts. I want to go, I'm go trying to, to the pull game. Up and see who's possibly pitching in the game. Drew Smiley versus, is this Lotto for the Reds? Let's see who it is. Uh, Nick Lardodo. Okay. Well. Is our pitching matchup for the game. Look, man, either way, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be hard to top last year because last year was like the intro. It was catching everybody like all brand new. And two hot teams. And they had a walk-off hit into yeah. the corn. Like, it was just amazing. Yeah. Um, look, I'm excited either way. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, very much. I can't wait. Um, it was something special last year. Definitely be watching again this year. So, 
Hope you all enjoy that game. All right. We might be a little biased, but the stats, <laughs> you can't deny it. The last 30 days, roughly around the All-Star break, we got we had a little more, like, so I did 30 days of stats and stuff. Not even the starters, everything the Mets pitching staff has been on fire, if not named a Dodger pitching staff. Of course, Dodgers are the best ERA in baseball the last 30 days, but Mets, as a team, has a 2.88 ERA from a pitching staff. Starters alone, I'm almost certain, has a low two-something. If I remember, I had a stat I couldn't remember, couldn't find it again. But when you have a healthy Max Scherzer who has a sub two, like a one point one nine eight. Yeah, for the season. But I'm saying like it was like one point four since he came back. Oh, from injury. oh, yeah, it's been disgusting. And now we've had two starts from DeGrom, which Sunday was just filthy from DeGrom. Mm-hmm. And then Cookie stepping up, Chris Bassett. Bass is doing his thing. Everyone has stepped up to do the thing, which has just caught the Mets on fire as of recently. Yeah, like I was saying to Alan last night, I mean, uh, I think Bassett, he lowered his uh, ERA to a 3-3-9. Yep. Um, he pitched eight innings and he, you know what's funny is the seventh inning like you know most guys get taken out the seventh or earlier but the seventh inning he had 95 pitches he goes into the eighth inning and he's like he's like he, he tells the coach when he comes off the, the man's like i'm good i'm coming back in next thing is i'm good so they're like all right and he went back in at eighth and a little bit of a scare but uh yeah dude he got through it bassett was looking great and i, I really like the fans out there when they're putting out the k's the strike zone mm-hmm. for K, uh, bassett because they got a little bassett hound out there behind it it's pretty cool um but like you said you got you got Bassett at a three three nine. Max Scherzer's at a one nine eight. Uh, Carrasco's under th- under four. He's at a three seven three. Um, and then you know Taiwan Walker's a three four five. Like these guys are there. And then you got we just got Degrom back. We don't have enough. Yeah, it's to like really a two point something through two, it, but like three earned runs. And and then like you said, two, Degrom two. just came back. It's his second start this week. He threw. He was, he was five and perfect, two thirds. Yeah, perfect uh, with two outs in the sixth inning, and then he gave up a walk. And then he gave up a two-run home run. But other than that, he was lights out. I think you said he touched a 102, 103. So the first inning, you know, <laughs> the ground 100, 101, sometimes rarely. But when you're throwing 103 in the first inning, you know, and of course it was his home debut for the season, mm-hmm. and over a year pitching back at City Field, the nerves had it got to him, the little extra umph coming out that first inning on a Sunday day, which uh, day game DeGrom is a legit stat where he is almost unbeatable during day games. But when he was getting touched at 102, 103, you're like, this is not going to be a good day for Braves. Right. And then when the average fastball at this year is a 91, and DeGrom average slider is a 91, mm-hmm. it's not fair. It's not fair. For batters. <laughs> it's not fair, yeah. And, and, and it also helps to have the best closer in the game right now, in my opinion. I mean, Sound the horns. Yes. Edwin Diaz, man, his his ERA is a one three nine. It's just when he comes in, it's just automatic. When you hear those horns and he's coming to the bullpen, you're like, oh well, we just won. That's it. Like this year is what the guy we traded for years ago. Like this was the closer that went to the All Star game that year. Like we're like, okay, we're getting a solid closer. The first year, a little hiccup. Second year, like, but this is the year he's putting together, and it's a money year for him. His contract's up after the season. He can get his first big deal. And he's put in one of the best seasons together, especially right. when you almost struck out. I think it was like ninety-two out of the hundred and like twenty-seven pit batters you faced. You struck out ninety of them, and most time it's been three straight to close the game. 
Like, yeah. like sit him down. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah. Like you said, he's got 91 strikeouts um, and 45 innings of work. Yeah. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty, that's pretty solid. He's only given up 27 hits. Um, he's gotten 26 saves out of 29 opportunities. So, look, he's pretty much lights out. And that was very early in the season when he was a little rough there at first. Right. And he's, and he's pitched 45 games. So, he's doing work. And we yeah. like it. Especially on the night when um, the heart of, of the Atlanta lineup was up. So, Buck sent him out for the eighth. He did so well, he's let him do a six-out save to finish the game off. Like It was very like, well, you let him back out there, and then game over. Exactly. I'm like, okay. Exactly. This is a different um, DS. So what's crazy is, like you said, all of the pitchers are pitching very well. Yes. Very well. Nothing to be ashamed of. And what's even better is that the Mets' offense is keeping up. Yes. They are you any given night you expect him to put up four or five runs. When I was looking at the categories for offensive, they're top five almost every category. Right. Same thing with the Dodgers. He's like, this is what you want from a team is where not only like, okay, we're good in hits, but we suck at home runs or Exactly. It's everything. It's Look, average. And I don't, same I, thing with pitching. We're top five in every category. So this is what a complete team is supposed to do, and they are doing it this year. Right. I don't know if there's magic in the air. I don't know if, if what Bugs doing out there, but I even remember the, uh, the other night. Um, I, I, I don't remember who it was. I think it might have been uh, – nope, I don't want to ruin it. It might have been Guillaume or somebody, but they laid down a sacrifice bunt. You don't see those anymore. And oh, it was cool. And it was laid down perfectly. Like, the Mets are here to win. They don't – yes, individual stats are cool, but they are doing great. And you got to give it up to, like, McNeil, who's still batting over 300. Uh, the new the new man, uh, Vogelback, my man is, is, is running – get that man oxygen and a donut. He is doing it. Um, yes, and then you got Lindor. He is quietly having an all-star so, season. So since the all-star break, both Pete and Lindor going into the last night game had like the same average of, of just under 400 yes. since the all-star break. Yes. The and RBI they, and, totals are, are and creeping. And they're right behind each other in the lineup. Yes. They're the heart. Like You're like, this is a dangerous – and you and, see it. And you know what I like? Um, I know earlier in the season I, I talked about how Pete Alonso was struggling with the, uh, the down and out, the, the down and out pitch, uh, but – he has been he has been selective. He's up there taking pitches and hitting strikes. Yeah, he's putting Previous in the work. seasons early in the season he had a bad average at lefties. Since he's refocused, whatever he figured it out, he's batting almost three hundred against lefties since. Right. Um. You know another guy who's been producing for us. I haven't seen much from Ruff, the guy we, we traded Martinez from. Uh, he's mostly um, a pitch hit. Like think tonight is his first start as a Met. Okay. Well, the guy who has been producing besides Vogelback, Vogelback's been great. Um, Naquin. Yeah, the Tyler guy, Nike, Nike, guy trade He's for. been pretty solid, too. Look, yeah. I'm liking what the Mets are doing Which right now. The platoon, whoever's pitching, they said, like, if it's a lefty, um, it's going to be this guy. If it's going to mm-hmm. be right, it's going to be this guy for the game. So they figure out the DH. You know, it was struggling between, you know, JD, Dom, and the others. And then, but they have now made the trades, figured it out, and it's working. Look, I just want to put this in perspective. Uh, Max Scherzer right now has 120 strikeouts. Um, yes, that's pretty solid. Uh, Tywin Walker and Carrasco both have about 100, 118, 129 strikeouts themselves. They have pitched more innings, yeah. but they're everybody's but remember, put in work. Max missed almost a month of baseball. I know, which is crazy. And now this is the thing. With what Max has done to come back, a lot of people are wondering, like, could this be the sneaky Cy Young pick? If he keeps this up, keep lowering the ERA, keep winning games. It's going to be hard against, um, what is it, Miami's pitcher, um, oh, oh, uh, uh, something with an A. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm Sandy Alcaraz. Yes, 
Anyways, it, yeah. he's really good. Between his innings, his strikeouts, he's been putting up. Yes, he's had some rough games, but could Max put a like lights out the rest of the way and be in talks for another Cy Young Award? Absolutely. I mean, he's definitely going to be in talks. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of good competition, like you said. Yeah, there is. Uh, but, <laughs> but man, like it is something special to be watching right now as a Met fan. Absolutely. Is this is what we dreamed that the 2015 era yeah. or, or like the Matt Harvey era teams were going to be? And then be. like the crazy stat going into last night's game that both Yankees and Mets had the same record this late in the season. Yes, because the, the Yankees are starting to pull away there around the yeah. uh, All Star break. And then they got swept this weekend by the Cardinals, so they kind of fumbled a little bit since the All Star break a little bit. And someone put a stat like like Joey Gallo is six and zero since the trade, and uh, Yankees are one and five. I'm sick. Like, mm. um, well, speaking of uh, the AL East, well, how about them Baltimore Orioles, dude? Okay, we I knew going into this trade deadline, it's gonna be hard for them to trade Manzini and stuff. Like, what's the call gonna do? They end up doing it. We prove it. We know why. Get another uh, a young prospect that could work out in two years because he's hurt, but. You're rebuilding because you know next year is probably the go year. You are, you now have by the Baseball America the number one prospect in baseball. I don't agree with that. I think Mets Alvarez is the number one prospect in baseball, but one two they're right there. Mm-hmm. When you have four or five in the top 100, you see the guys. They're there. They're in AAA. They're knocking on the door. So if they're not up there this year, they're gonna try to break from camp. Yeah, man. And Absolutely. With what your team has been doing specially this year and adding these young arms that they can contribute. This is going to be a dangerous team come next year. Well, think about it. Like uh, this year, preseason, would we have them in dead last, basically? Yeah. Um, right now, they're only about three games because, out yeah. from second place. Because it was the question mark of when the young guys, gonna if they're going to do it this year, start bringing them up. Mm-hmm. They'll be impacted. Like, what's going on? But this team has clicked. Look, when we talked about teams in this division, we, we've talked about the Yankees mostly, but we like the Blue Jays, too, yes. and the Rays. And guess what? The Orioles are three games away from the Blue Jays. Yeah, uh, they're they're over five hundred, which we did not expect. Um, so, like you said, the young guys are producing, and hopefully yeah. the trade went well. So the last ten games are seven to three. Going into this game tonight, they're thirteen and a half behind the Yankees. Yes, that's kind of hard to do, but we've seen worse happen. But they're only one game behind the race yes. for third place in that division. They're a half game behind Seattle for the final wild card spot. That is crazy. And you trade away possibly your two best players in Manzini and their closer. Imagine if you kept them and this went like, we could, it still can't happen. We can see the Baltimore Orioles as the final wildcard team and facing a three-game series and whoever would be the non-division uh, 1-2 winner. So as of right now, I feel like it is going to be the central. So it is the Twins. So Possibly the Baltimore Orioles who have to face the Minnesota Twins in Minnesota for three games to advance. Okay, that's insane. Especially this year, you thought like this could be it. They might be. They might break some hearts, but they're right there. Yes, we have uh, a, little, a little less than two months of baseball remaining, but mm-hmm. it's still, it is shocking that they're still not giving up. They're still winning games. No, and that's good. They beat I mean, the Blue Jays last night. They're starting to fill the stadium. Uh, I think they had, yep. what, 40,000 fans yeah. or something It was the like the day? anniversary of the stadium and stuff, and they did a big celebration, and, yeah, they packed the house the other night. And, you know, they're doing the thing where, like, it's like $40 a month for tickets for the rest of the season per month. Like, you can't argue with that. Um, so, you know. Oh, yeah, you de- yeah, you definitely can't beat that deal. Yeah. Um, like I said, if we were closer, that would be on my list. Yeah, definitely. But 
Your future's there. Your future's here in Norfolk. Mm-hmm. Like, next year, if you're an Orioles fan, you might start looking at season tickets next year because this could be a spe- start the run of the special team because, you know, the young guys, you got six years. Ashton got caught this year, so this is going to be year one. But other guys, you're talking a five-year window with these young guys before they have to start getting paid. It's going to be special these next four or five years, possibly here in Baltimore. We'll see if they can add some more specialness to it this year and somehow break someone's heart and get a wild card spot. That would be crazy. That yeah. would be crazy. Yeah, look, good good for you, Baltimore. Yeah. Doing the big things. Big, big things. All right, and then one of our last things we want to talk about real quick. Can Judge go after the AL home run record? Of course, we all know the home run record is what Barry Bonds set years ago. But if you think about it, both uh, – Barry Bonds, mm-hmm. Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa were all National League teams. So those are, yes, MLB records, but they're National League records as well. The AL record is still Roger Maris at 61. If you look at what Judge is at, his pace, if he can keep it up, roughly his pace is around 65-66. Right. And and the thing is with this, uh, Judge has 44 home runs already. Yep. Uh, he's on pace for about 65. Um and the, the difference is the judge is out there looking prime. He's yes. looking great. He's a huge guy. He's like 6'7", six, 6'6". Six, six. I can't remember how tall he is now. But just imagine, he's a big piece of muscle. And it doesn't take much for him to hit out, especially no. out in Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium, yes. So um, he could he could absolutely yeah. hit 60 and then plus one plus. Some baseball purists don't believe in Barry Bonds having the record because of steroids. And stuff. Right. Same thing with McGuire right. and Sosa. So a lot of people think Maris is, is the home run record. Okay. So some purists out there saying if this would be the new record if he beats Roger Maris at 61. I don't know how certain people feel about it. We all know Barry Bonds. Yes, it was an error. Steroids saved baseball, it's my opinion, because ratings were the dump. It definitely made us, <laughs> us as kids interested. Yes. I remember us going to the AAA stadium, hanging out at the card table, trying to get Sammy Sosa cards yep. and Mark McGuire cards because those guys were running it. Yeah. So you're right. We yeah. were excited because there was a, a home run race. Yeah. I, I get and it. Most of America, because, you know, I think kind of forgot, especially after the strike. Right. A lot of people stopped caring about baseball. I agree. The home run race brought it back. Right. And, and Griffey. Yeah. I just wish he was healthy forever. Yeah, but yes, right. Griffey's my dude. Um, but you're right. You know, it, it, I do feel like 61 is reachable for a judge. Yeah, especially in Yankee Stadium, like you said. I think. Right. Um, how many games do we know? Do they have? Do we know how many they have left? I did not add. At yet. home? Because, you know, that is a big, oh, that is a small porch. You that know? is, that is. That is a big, like, like I said, last week when Mets um, commentary, when he hit a pot fly, I was like, oh, that would have been a home run in Yankee Stadium. And the sad part is it would have been. It's like, oh, God, you are terrible. But I was like, so true. Um, but yeah, like you know, that helps, and that's what you think about. I think when people think like when Yankees players do well, they sign elsewhere and have a bad year. Like, remember, they're not playing Yankee Stadium no more half their season. Mm-hmm. So that's a big factor when you think about money and stuff. All right, let's look at this. So at home, they got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four. And 25. Plenty of 25 plenty of, games. Plenty of opportunities. I'm not saying he's going to hit one every game, but uh, let's say and he hits one in a half, you, and half of those. Half and, of those, you're talking 12-13. Right. When that puts him in the close to 60 57. range right there. Exactly. And then you all um, you need is four or five on the road. So so through 110 games, you know, if we're going to go with the pace, um, 
let's go through it. The guys who who hit 60 home runs through 110. You got Barry Bonds in 2001 at leading. He had he ended up with 73, but he had 46 at at that point. Mark McGuire in 98, who ended up with 70, had 45 in, through 110 games. Sammy Sosa 1998, ended up with 66, had 42. Judge, who's on pace for 65, currently has 44. He is right there with yeah. all of those guys. Yeah. Um, Roger Maris had 41. So Judge has more home runs than Roger Maris at this point. At this point. Yeah, and I swear I thought Stanton hit 60 that one year, but I guess he just came up short, and I forgot all about it, that he didn't quite get there that MVP season. But well, that's why he got paid. Yeah. Because they thought <laughs> we we're going to get that forever, which is why Judge is going to get paid because somebody's going to take that chance when he hits 60 home runs this year. When he does, if he comes up short, he'll be at 58 or so. Dude, but when he hits 60 plus. If he hits 60 on a contract year, it's, God. You know what the sick part is? He's not even going to be the MVP. No. It's going to be Shohei. It's a possibility. But it's still impressive. But it's, it's going to be shocking to see how the votes come down if, if Shohei keeps it up and stuff. But I wonder how many RBIs, how many RBIs does Judge have right now? Less than Pete. Oh, that's, see, that, that's not that, good. That's the see, bad part. That's what I was going to say. If he had 150 RBIs with, with 60 home runs and he was batting 300. Oh, wait, he must have. He just passed him. He's at 98. Okay. He, Pete has 95. That's still a lot. Yeah. Okay. He's on He's on a good he, pace, man. Yeah, but I know there, like a week or so ago, he had less than Pete. I'm like, and but had way more home runs. I'm like, that's not looking good. You need to get those RBIs now, up. Now, let me go through this scenario. Um Yankees, I don't know who they have to play left or who they have left to play, but the other teams who are in the race might pitch around Judge. All right, I'll tell you what they got. Okay, so they're in Seattle right now. Then they go to Boston, home against Rays, home against uh, Blue Jays, home against Mets. They go to Oakland, two Angels, two Rays, home against Minnesota, home against Tampa Bay. Okay. At Boston, at Milwaukee. Home against Pittsburgh, at no home against Boston, at Toronto, and the last home game series is against Orioles, and then last series is at Texas. So what you're telling me is there is a very good chance he's going to be hitting a long ball. Yes, um, because the teams you just named are there's nothing to of, be afraid of. There's a lot of teams that are not good pitching staff that right. he's gonna be, they're going to be. But facing. that's but like I said. What if they pitch around him? There's a chance. And they could because if you're the hottest hitter in baseball and they're trying to get a W, they don't mind pitching to whoever's behind you because they know you're the guy right now. Especially if everyone else is struggling around them. That's what I'm saying. And the pitching staff is struggling. Right. So so they could treat him like Barry Bonds. Yep. Give him the Barry Bonds treatment, and guess what? You'll be short of 60. It could happen. Yeah. And like the pace, when someone pointed out to me the pace, I'm like, shit, we're finally going to see a 60 home run season possibly. And what's crazy is the pace at this time of the season. Yeah. Because, you know, we talk about it at the beginning of the season. That's not that's – not, you know, you're not going to be able to get that longevity. Like, yeah, like 60 home runs, I, f- I feel like it's like a 20-game winning. Like, we've seen it done in the past. Could it be the season we see it? Maybe. We don't, you know, it's like, hmm. But then it makes sense that a Yankee's doing it because of the stadium. It de- that does help. But, and then it's just, like I said, Judge bet on himself. He didn't like that $200 million offer. He's yeah. like, guess what? And he's just swinging. Playing center field as one of the best center fielders. So, you know, yes, that, that it's all confidence. I think he even robbed somebody of a home run yeah. recently, did he? He's playing better yeah. center fielders than he does recently. So that's, And that's what makes – okay, so that's what makes teams take notice. Not only is he crushing the ball, he's playing outfield pretty yeah. well. He can be that guy. And right. now it's like, if you think – okay, now I think Bleacher, I put up like the too early call for free agents because now since proposed trade deadline, you can start looking at the free agents to be like – Cubs catcher, like that's one I still can't believe they didn't trade him because now they're gonna lose him for nothing. <laughs> because I was certain, like I liked 
what Bleacher put out there that uh, they believe that he'll sign with the Astros. Makes sense. Astros need a catcher. He's probably going to be the top catcher out there. That mm-hmm. makes sense. One, they believe, and then Aaron Judge is out there. I said, okay, I got to see who they think. I'm, and they put Dodgers. I'm like, there's no way in hell they can afford him. There's no way. Uh, I mean, there's a way. There's a way. You got backloaded and all that stuff, but I, there's no way. But you know they're going to want him. They're, they're going to look at him. Because they want a Soto. And if they can't get Soto, Judge is absolutely next best in line yeah, at this point. I, I, I agree with that. But I'm just like, what? He wants around 30 because I think Yankees off from 20-something uh, average year. I would hold he out until Shohei signed somewhere. So, th- so that's going to be the interesting part because, you know, so, and a lot of people believe that the Angels messed up with that. They should have traded him. Yes, because they're afraid to. Because now they're afraid yeah, to trade. Yeah, them. they're afraid because they feel like. But you think about it now. You're going to only give away Otani for a one year service, mm-hmm. and who's going to give you Hall of Prospects for one year service of Otani? No one, because you don't know if these last two years are a fluke. Mm-hmm. The injuries, like why would we trade away all our prospects and he gets hurt and we're screwed? I agree. That's going to be interesting. So Judge, yes. He can resign with the Yankees, I think, or is playing the Yankees. It depends on how probably, much he likes it there. And it depends what kind of money they offer him. If they offer him the right money, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I think because he Because that's the porch that he likes. And then you think about it. He is your face. He is your he current is. Jeter. Like, that is the, your he face is. of the franchise. 100%. Like, do not let him go if you are a Yankee. Like, yeah. If you lose him, who's going to be your face for the future? Yeah. At this point, nobody sticks out to me except for, uh, except for Judge. Um, I remember um, – like you said, yeah, Stanton, but Stanton. You have stars, yes. You have stars. But, but you don't have the, the star. Guy. Yeah, the guy, because you have a lot of the guys. Yes. But when you put a lot of the guys together, the guy out of those guys is Judge. Yes. Right. It'd be stupid for a homegrown talent to let walk after a MVP season. I agree. Especially Hank Steinberg be rolling his grave <laughs> if you saw what was happening with his Yankees. And they let Judge walk. Oh, he'd be big mad because oh. he's like he'd be so mad that the Dodgers are doing what they do. Oh yeah, he couldn't. He could not let that happen. And then someone put out there like like it's like Hank Steinberg would really turn his grave if Judge is in a Mets uniform across the, across oh. the, the city. Please <laughs> let that happen. Just imagine it: Lindor, Judge, and Alonzo. I was like, yeah, Yankees fans would be really would hate, but I'm and not. And then you got McNeil and Nimmo up there. Oh but my! That money for Judge is going to be ridiculous this off season. Like. It's going to be good. It's yeah, going to no, be good. It's, it's if he keeps this up, hits that 60-plus, gets the AL record, wins MVP on a contract year, man, that that negotiation period for whatever teams reach out to him is going to be intense, I bet. Yeah. Because, yes, he's older. So this is going to be his one big payday. Right. Because I mean, he's, what, talking, 32, I think. So you're talking a six, seven-year deal, possibly. Yeah, but six, seven-year deal at, like, $39 million a, a year. <laughs> 35 to 40 possibly it's got to be i'm just because i'm just comparing to stanton i mean this guy is is the deal right now so yeah. I'm, just, I'm just thinking it's gonna be interesting and especially we'll see what he does like postseason too with the yankees we'll see what happens but man payday yep. he bet himself it's a w as of right now it's a w for you judge all right i think that's all we got for you this week anything else no i think that's good um just just want to say the uh, mets keep doing their thing so y'all better watch out yeah um of course, you know, subscribe to all our social medias, especially our TikTok, exclusive t- content over there. Like, Tell your friends. Right? We'll catch you all next time. Peace. Peace.